I'm Christy Smith from God's Love Club, coming to you from Round Town, USA. Welcome to this very first edition of Christy's Connection. This is a special podcast in which I will be sharing with you understandings, revelations, experiences that I've come to know by experiencing God in a way that is described as the tabernacle experience. God is a God who has always desired to be with his people. When he created Adam and Eve, his desire was that he would dwell with them. And before sin came into the world, he did. He came down and walked with Adam in the evenings. His presence was there in the garden on earth with them. That's what he wanted, communion and fellowship with man, to live with man where man was and to have man live with him where he was. And if you fast forward to the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation, chapters 21 and 22 describe what's coming. And what's coming is the dwelling place of God is with man. And God wants that for his people. Now, it's not just a Garden of Eden thing and an end of the book of Revelation thing. It's his heart for us always, all throughout history. That's why he put so much effort into making a way for people to reach him. Even after sin came into the world and sin separated man from God, not because God was cruel, but because man became dark and God was light. And if the darkness came into the light, it would be consumed by the light. And God didn't want to consume his people. The Bible says our God is a consuming fire, but he doesn't want to consume us. He wants to live with us and dwell with us. So he made many ways throughout history for humans to come to him and meet with him and bypass the barrier of sin started in the Old Testament with sacrifices and worked all the way up through to Jesus, who is the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. So when we accept Jesus and the sacrifice that he has done for us, all the barriers between us and God are gone, completely gone. His sacrifice for us was so powerful that it put us in God's eyes, in the same place that Jesus is. If you think about that, that is pretty amazing because Jesus is the manifestation of God on earth. Jesus is the presence of God. Jesus is God. And when we come into God's presence and we draw near to him and have that sin barrier removed, we're in the same place in God as Jesus is. We're not the perfect son of God that laid down his life for humanity, but we are, in God's eyes, a son, a daughter. We are his prized possession. We are people that are able to draw near to him in such a way that we actually become one with him. And I've called this podcast Beyond Words. And the reason I've called it Beyond Words is because I've learned in my walk with God and as I get closer and closer to Him in this Tabernacles experience that sometimes words are almost a limitation to the experience that we can have with God. Because each of us speaks our own native language and some of us, if we're lucky, we speak many languages, but our languages are defined by and restricted to our own understanding in our minds of communication. We pick up a flower, and depending on what language we speak, we see it as a flower. We look out a window, and in English, it's a window, and in German, it's a fenster. And in other languages, it has other words, but 
our words are based on our own understanding and what we have been taught and how we have learned to communicate. One of the amazing things about the pouring out of God's Spirit on His people that happened at Pentecost was that God's people began to speak in languages that they didn't know, in languages that they had not learned. They spoke from their spirits, not from their minds. And depending on the circumstance, God would give them utterance as they needed. In the book of Acts, they spoke in the languages of the people that had come to the feast. Now that's interesting because in the Old Testament, God required the adult men to come to Jerusalem three times a year for three specific feasts. The Feast of Passover, the Feast of Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Those three feasts are very important to God. And those three feasts, I believe, are symbolic, a type, a foretaste of what God was going for in His relationship with mankind. In order for us to get back to where we were in the garden, we needed to work through this progression of these feasts. The first was the Feast of Passover. Passover was a sacrificial lamb. Jesus fulfilled the Feast of Passover. We don't have to practice that feast anymore because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. In fact, he was crucified on Passover. He was the fulfillment of the Passover feast. And the reason that he fulfilled that is so that we could have a way to come to God without having to make continual sacrifices year after year. So with Jesus' sacrifice, we now have salvation. We, we can come into God's presence and we can be powerfully united to Him. We can be freed from our sins. We can be brought into right standing with God. So when He sees us, He sees us through Jesus and Jesus in us. Pentecost was the second feast that the Jewish men of the Old Testament were required to come to Jerusalem to partake of. And we see the fulfillment of the Feast of Pentecost on the day of Pentecost when God sent His Spirit. In fact, we call movements that have to do with the Spirit of God Pentecostal movements because they have to do with the Spirit indwelling man. And when the Spirit came and indwelled man in that new way, people were different. People that allowed the Spirit to fill them spoke in other tongues. They bypassed their minds so that they could speak from their spirits. So sometimes they would speak in a heavenly language. Paul talks about the language of men and angels. Sometimes they spoke in a foreign language that someone else could understand, that they never knew, that they never learned, they had no way of understanding. And those gifts carry through for today. And we have our own prayer languages sometimes to pray with the tongues of angels to speak to God. So that's great. That's the first step of moving beyond words as we're filled with the Spirit. When you are saved, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. So you have the Holy Spirit living in you. When you are filled with the Spirit, as they were on the day of Pentecost, you are filled with power. You are filled with some sort of anointing to fulfill a purpose of God. Sometimes we see in the book of Acts where they were filled with the Spirit so they could preach boldly. When Peter got up and spoke to the people, he was a fisherman. But the Holy Spirit gave him the understanding so he could speak words of God. And we see boldness. We see Paul and Silas praising God in prison. And then we see the prison doors just breaking down. And another thing they did was speak. They spoke to God in a language they didn't understand, or sometimes they spoke just in groans. And anybody who's really pressed into God in prayer at one time or another, you know sometimes you don't pray with words. You just pray with your heart. You pray with your spirit. You pray with groans. I think that's our next step that's leading us into this place with God where we can live beyond words. The tabernacle experience is the fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles. 
The Feast of Tabernacles was about people coming together in fellowship and honoring God and bringing gifts to God and allowing their dwelling place to be with God. They remembered how they dwelt with God in the wilderness and how he led them with a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. And so the Jewish people, when they're celebrating tabernacles, will build temporary tents and have special feasts to remember that because they remembered that God was living with them and guiding them. And the fulfillment of tabernacles ultimately is going to be in the future, as described in Revelation 21 and 22, how the dwelling place of God is now with man. In fact, in some translations, it says now the tabernacle of God is with man. That is what God is going for. But God is like an eager dad who doesn't want to wait until Christmas to give his kids their wonderful Christmas gifts. That type of relationship, that type of experience that we're going to have when the dwelling place of God is with man is available to us now. In part, we're starting to get more and more of a foretaste of what that life is going to be like, what the life in the new heavens and new earth is going to be like when the dwelling place of God is with man. That's what the tabernacle experience is all about. It's the fulfillment of what Jesus prayed in John 17, which was asking God to make his disciples one with each other and one with him, so that he says, as you are in me, Father, I am in them, you are in them, we're all one. It's that oneness. So when you become more and more and more one with God, it's not anything you're going to do completely on this earth because we have too many human and sin limitations. But increasingly, as we're continuing to draw near to God and we yield ourselves completely to Him, we become more and more one with Him. What does that look like? What does that look like as we start to walk in that? What I've experienced is that my Christian experience in the past has been moments of walking with my natural mind and walking in the Spirit. And there was a very distinct difference between the two. And in order for me to get to the place where I could walk in the Spirit, I would have to take a lot of time to focus and to pray, sometimes fast, worship, be in the Word of God, study. And the more time I spent doing things like that, the closer I got to God and the more in the Spirit I became. But then when I went back to my daily life, I kind of fell out of that. Sometimes there'd be a little remnant of that left in my life. And the more I tried to really focus on God and pay attention to His Spirit, the more I could really live in that place. But God, I don't think, intends for us ultimately to be in that place where it's like we've got one foot in both worlds. One foot's in this world, one foot's in heaven, and we go back and forth. How many times have you had to make a decision about something and you stop and you go into your prayer closet and you pray and you wait and you listen to God and see what He has to say? That's good. That's, that's really good to listen to God and get His wisdom. But I believe that being one with God as we start walking in it increasingly is a fusion where our desires and God's desires mesh. Our desires for our lives become God's desires for our lives. And there's not such a need to have this dichotomy of half in the world, half in the spirit. Instead, we merge with Him and we find that being led by the spirit is not like something in front of us that we're having to keep in tune with to follow, but being led by the spirit is being so filled with the Spirit, that you just go where God wants you to go. You get insight that comes from your spirit into your mind to give you direction on what to do. You get understanding about things that you wouldn't have understanding of. And what happens, and what's happened to me, is that it, it's to the point where your communication with God is beyond words. 
Several years ago, when I first started drawing really, really close to God, we would have very clear conversations. And he would speak to me things, and I would be writing them down on a piece of paper or putting a note in my phone word for word of what I felt impressed that he was saying. That went on for a long time, and I got so much wisdom and so much understanding and so much truth and growth from that. It was absolutely beautiful. But as of late, I'm noticing that it's less words that God speaks to me and more filling of his spirit, more being carried by him. That's what I liken it to. Instead of him standing next to me and saying, go left, go right, it's like he's in me and I'm in him and he just carries me where we need to go. Instead of me having to go ask him, should I do this or this, and waiting to hear him, I just know when the time comes what I need to do. And I find that it's beyond words and even beyond thought. It's a sense of living in the presence of God and God's presence living in you. The dwelling place of God is in man. It becomes that increasingly. And the more we do that, the more we wrap ourselves in God and allow Him to wrap Himself in us, the more we become one. It's exactly what Jesus desired for His people, that they would become one with each other and that they would become one with God. And, and a byproduct of that is that we become more and more aware and more and more one with the people around us that are in God's Spirit, the ones that God really wants us to be sensitive to. If you're very closely connected to a brother or sister in Christ, you can feel what they feel. You can be aware of them all the time, and there is no separation. You know when someone is down and you need to call them and contact them and encourage them. You know when someone is sick and you need to pray for them. You know when someone is feeling good and you rejoice with them. There's no separation. The life of living beyond words is a life that is basically using our natural minds in the way they were intended to be used, which is interpreters. Our minds are to be interpreters of what our heart and our spirit are perceiving from God. And as we receive the messages that God is sending us in our spirit, our brains will tell our bodies what we need to do. Our brains will tell our mouths what we need to say. Our brains will tell our bodies who we need to go spend time with, who we need to hug, who we need to send an encouraging word to, where we need to go if we have a need, where we need to go to get money if we need money. Beyond Words is a life that God is calling us to increasingly. You know, I've heard many people ask, what do you think the language of heaven is? A lot of people have different speculations. And there's a reason that Paul calls some of our prayer language the tongues of angels. But I believe that when we get to heaven and we're living in the new heavens and the new earth, we will be beyond thought. We still will be able to speak, I believe. We still will be able to use our mouths to praise God and worship Him and even bless each other. But I think that most of our movement, our interaction with God, and even our interaction with each other will be beyond words. I believe that's where we're going in our Christian walk. And I would just encourage you, if you're hungry for more of God, ask Him to fill you with that oneness. Go beyond just asking for His Spirit to dwell in you when you need something, when you're asking for something, when you're praying for something, but ask Him to not just dwell in you, but become one with you. And as you become one with Him, you will find you're never away from Him. Instead of reaching out and seeing He is out there, even when God gets closer and closer and you feel like He's sitting right next to you, that's beautiful. But there's more than that. 
I had a friend who was an older woman who was a powerful intercessor. And she would say every morning, Jesus would sit across the table from her and talk with her. She would ask him things and he would tell her how to pray. I thought that was absolutely beautiful. But I believe that the foretaste of the new heavens and the new earth is even greater than that. It's Jesus and her as one. And him being in her and her being in him and their desires merging together so fluidly that she will move as Jesus moves. That's exactly how Jesus was when he walked on this earth. He did nothing that he did not see the Father do and said nothing that he did not hear the Father say they were one. That's the life that we are called to. That's the joy that is before us because that takes all of the burden off of life. It takes all of the struggle off of life. You don't have to know how things are going to end up. When you need to know what to do, the Spirit of God will move you to do what you need to do. If there's something you need to understand with your mind, He will give you the understanding of your mind. If there's a plan that needs to be made ahead of time, He will give you that plan and it will work. But the life is in the moment. The life is in the unity that you have with God, the oneness that He desires. So I would encourage you to ask God to make you one with Him, to merge your desires with His so that everything that He desires for you is what you desire and everything that you desire is what He desires. Become one with Him and flow in that place where there's a knowing. There's a knowing in your spirit, a knowing in your heart that there is no words to express. And you don't necessarily have to hear him say words to you, but you can just know because he's in you and you're in him what he wants you to do and to experience the comfort and the peace and the love that is available. God is love. His entire nature is love. And when we live in that unity with him, that's what we experience. We live in love. And that flows out of us, that fulfills us, that satisfies us. There's nothing better. God bless you. Thanks for joining me on Christie's Connection. I like connecting with you. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.